Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Lindsay Pierce. Hi everyone, welcome to Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, today's guest got her start on the Glee Project and since then has starred in a countless amount of LA musicals, including Cruel Intentions Musical and American Idiot. Now, she's the current Elfba in Broadway's hit musical, Wicked. Please welcome Lindsay Pierce. Hi. Hi, my dear. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Happy quarantine. I know, right? Yeah, it's kind of happy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming on this with oh me. Oh, my though. gosh. Thank you. Of course. I'm so excited. How are you? How have you been? Uh, I mean, I think everyone's been better. Sure. Yeah. I mean, given the circumstances, I'm living, yeah. trying to, yeah. Alive. Yep. Yeah. And okay, one day I time. mean, my dog is helping me lots. She's right on the side. Yeah. So it's, if I didn't have a dog, I don't know how I would handle right yeah, now. I get that. It's a lot of people. Yeah. They're very helpful. Yeah. How have you been? I'm, I mean, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. Very grateful for, um, you know, the, the, honestly, counting the blessings and taking things one day at a time, taking it in stride and, just trying to en- enjoy. I feel like it's privileged to say like, enjoy the bits that are nice. And yeah, but I do because I know, I know when certain things come back or after certain things happen at the end of this year. And um, I know life will become a, a craze again. And, um, and I th- yeah. And I think, I think artists, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get into it, but I, th- I think that artists, I, th- I know myself, I, I wouldn't call myself a workaholic, but I am a hard worker and we're used to go, go, go. So, you know, while I did love performing um, and miss it very much, um, it has been nice to have, I shouldn't say nice because it hasn't been nice, but it is when you when you try to silver lining something and not in a not in a way of toxic positivity but just like okay how can i find something in this that's going to teach me something valuable that i can take with me into the next yeah. you know phase or whatever it is um and that is uh slow down and that's uh that's been that's been a big thing is like slow the hell down um, you don't have to go at 150 miles an hour all the time. Um, and then the other side of my brain's like, but I like to. <laughs> yeah. So it's, been, it's been learning, lots of learning and enjoying this time with my fiance. And yeah. I know, but enjoying this time with Steven. And um, we both know that once I go back to Wicked, I'm going to go back into my green hole and not come out for a while. So... We're just trying to enjoy this time that we get, that we are very lucky to spend together. And um, that's been really nice. Yeah. And and for right now, you don't have to walk around with like the green hi- highlighter on. <laughs> no, no, I do miss that though. Yeah, I, 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 I would. 
I thought I, I thought I was going to be like, oh, thank God. But I was like, oh, maybe, maybe there's one left somewhere. Um, yeah, no green in the ears anymore. No, no green. I did have a, I did have a green head, which is a green black head. I did have one of those. Um, a little while ago, and I sent a photo to the tour Alphaba, and she was like, I have them all over. And I was like, oh, it's our one little piece of Alphaba left is just our blackheads that are filled with green makeup. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's yeah. foul. It's absolutely foul. It's, yeah. And having to explain that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she gets it. Yeah. I, it's like everyone who's been in that position. Is yeah, like, if you yep. know, you know. Yeah, Emma, Emma was the first thing when I called my best friend when I let her know she was like oh my god the green heads you're gonna have the best time with the green heads I was like I know I can't wait yes. <laughs> so, it's so uh to start off have you always known that you wanted to have a career in theater and in, and be in musicals um I think I did I it's interesting as I get older um it's not like I forget the beginning of it all, but I can't, I can't recall if there was a time when I was little where I had like this definitive, I'm gonna do this. I knew I always loved this, um, but I think my parents knew before I knew because I was the only, I'm adopted and I'm the only performer in my family. Um, my, one of my, my youngest older brother, my older brother who's the youngest of the boys um you know is an amazing songwriter and, and and a rapper and a singer and a performer but i'm the only one that does theater and acting and um so i was you know this big family of athletes uh and they adopt this like singing non-stop talking liar of a child <laughs> and um and yeah so i think i think they knew me i think they knew something I they knew something about about what I was going to eventually want I think they had an inkling and and you know they were the ones that were responsible for putting me into like the children's theater troops and you know and yeah and the classes and and uh and yeah so I think I think when I turned 16 there was a, a really big moment where I left my private Christian high school to go to my junior college because there was no theater program in uh, in my high school. It was a very small school. It has one now, but it did not have one back in like 2007. And um, <laughs> and I yeah, and I was just like, you know, I I want I I want to be challenged. I want to be academically challenged. I want to be I want to be challenged in the. I want to do college theater. Um, I want to learn more about this and so my parents said well okay if you're gonna do it you have to do all of the transferring and you have to do all the calls and you have to make all the meetings and you have to do all the things and I did um and so that was kind of a I think that was like the beginning of of the idea of I really you know I want to do this I'm a theater kid and then um when I was 17 it was kind of right after that big transfer when I was 17 I uh I got cast as Belle in Beauty and the Beast in the Bay Area. And that was a big, I was 17 and I was the youngest principal in the entire cast. And and uh, everybody else was in their 20s, their 30s. And I was like, oh my God, I'm playing with the big, the big kids now. Oh my God, I'm doing it. And um, to lead a show, to helm a show like that was a big learning experience. And I knew 
I had seen Beauty and the Beast um, at Sierra Repertory Theater in Northern California when I was like 13. And I remember seeing that woman play Belle and I was like, wow, that, I think I want to do that. And then right after I finished Beauty and the Beast, uh, I finished Beauty and the Beast that summer and then met my fiance doing Midsummer Night's Dream later that year. And then in the spring, right before I turned 18, I saw Wicked. And then um, in Wicked, I, the, you know, the end of act one happens and I was like, oh, I'm good. I, I turned to my mom and I said, I'm going to do that someday. And yeah. uh, here we are. <laughs> Two full circle moments. Yeah. With both Beauty and the Beast and Wicked. Yeah. yeah. My first big show was Lion King. I was like 12, I think. And I went, I went with my little theater group. We'd like raised money for all of us to be able to go. And, um, and I think some had been donated. I think some tickets had been donated. And so we got to go. And I, I only ever watched um shows in san francisco so i we got to go see um lion king and i'll never forget it it was the first like huge 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 thing i had ever seen sitting up on the you know the, the like right on the edge of the mezzanine like peering over and seeing the story come to life and then my mom took me to see les mes when i was like 14 or 15 and i cried through the whole show the whole show and there wasn't a moment where I was like I want to play this character I was just so happy to be there and be watching this soundtrack that I was obsessed with and you know I'd see I'd seen the anniversary films you know where they do it in concert and yeah. stuff and to see that live was amazing and and my my mom was really good about trying to get me to see local productions of things and and like quasi professional productions regional productions of things um, because, you know, we don't have a lot of money. So she did, they, they really did their best to kind of like, um, feed the beast. <laughs> feed the beast. <laughs> and she got fed and that, and it really, you know, they say you get bit by the bug and I, I really did. I got bit by the bug and it wouldn't let me go. And you were inspired. We love yeah. that. Yeah. And I knew, I think, I think always, you know, when I was young, I loved storytelling and I loved I loved escaping. I loved escapism. I loved daydreaming, and I loved I loved books. I I really really loved to, um, to my credit, and I think in my adult life to my detriment, I love to be anywhere but here. That kind of anywhere but here thing. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I want to be here and nowhere else. <laughs> um, but I I do. I loved I loved storytelling, and I loved. Um, as someone who felt like because you know adopted feeling a little bit outside of the outskirts of my own community i uh and my family and my friends i was just kind of felt a little bit sideways i always felt a little off kilter and to be able to so safely connect with other people through the medium of theater and performing and acting was really nice what do you think makes theater like something that kit that you can connect with so well I think I think that there's something that happens in live performance um, where you think if you think about it in like basic terms, you know, you purchase a ticket for a show you may not may or may not know about. You walk into a big building full of things um, with which is weird to talk about now, hundreds of other people most of the time, lots of like other people. <laughs> yeah, like right now you're like, oh, please, I don't want that at all. But, um, but, you know, you think about it, you go, 
with hundreds of people and you sit in seats shoulder to shoulder with people, which is, again, crazy to think about right now, but um, crazy to think about it happening again in the future. But um, you, you choose to sit shoulder to shoulder with absolute strangers. It's the, same, it's the same kind of magic that happens in a movie theater. It really is, where you all sit down and for a certain amount of time you buy into the moment and you are all experiencing the same thing at the same time through your eyes and there's something really special about that communion there's something really special about that camaraderie where if you were to bump shoulders with that person on the way out and be like did you like the show they'd be like i loved it you know and like and it or well i didn't and be like oh i'm sorry you know it's there's there's something really um joining that happens with theater and and really anything i mean i i feel that way and you know anytime there's a star wars movie that comes out or an avengers film or something you know something with like a large franchise yes. and the whole movie theater is going absolutely ape shit that's because there's this connection and everyone feeds off of everyone else's energy but the thing that i love about live theater is that it's for myself at least when i experience it it's right there it's not a screen it's not you know and there's nothing wrong with television or yeah. film i mean what an incredible what incredible art forms but there it's like if you if you got up and walked and some people do do this please don't do this if you're in a in a, in a theater please don't do this to the actors but if you walked up and you walked to the edge of the stage you could reach out and touch you can see them sweating you can see what they're going through and and it's not like a movie, you know, that you watch at home where you can pause and rewind and you get up for snacks and you're, you're in, you're there, you're strapped in for the ride. And, um, and sometimes that's a play and sometimes there's, you know, an orchestra that's like half the time below you. That's just, you can feel it in your feet and the sound system shakes your bones and it's just, um, there's something really special about it. And I think live theater also is, you know, I mean, art is just satire of the times so it's just you go you go because you want to see yourself up there somehow and you go because you want to feel as though someone is representing you and you want to feel like you're looking in a mirror safely like and that's that's what i loved theater for and i think that's what i do like i i can't tell you how many times at wicked i would stand on the side and wait to go on and i would be able to see through through the um, the wings of the the stage, and and there'd be a, a little someone, you know, in the front row, just like, and you're like, oh, that's an Alphaba, or that's going to be a Glinda, or that's a Fiero, or you know, that's a that's a Chistery or a Wizard, or it's just interesting because we were all there, we were all that that little someone um, forever ago, and I think I think a lot of us are still that little someone, and I think that's something for me. Um, my inner, my inner little someone just like is always at play when I get to be at work. And, um, and my challenge now is to let that little someone not just stay at work. They get to just stay with me <laughs> and, and, and find that creativity elsewhere. But yeah, I think that was a long winded answer, but that's my answer. I loved it so much. And I'm going to get yeah. more into Wicked later. Sure. But I wanted to ask, because you mentioned seeing Wicked for the first time in that full circle moment. Totally. Who was your first Alpha and Glinda in the show? Teal Wicks and Kendra Cassabom. Oh! Yeah, so, so Wicked had opened in, in New York, and they had a, they had a, a sit-down production in Chicago, like, productions that were not touring 
in Chicago and in Los Angeles, and then they opened in San Francisco, and I saw when they were in San Francisco, not touring, when they were actually, like, installed into San Francisco. Yeah, it was Teal Wicks and Kendra Kassabaum. That was, that was beginning of April 2009. That's yeah. interesting because uh, Olivia Lawson said that Teal Wicks was her first uh, outfit. Yeah. What's crazy, it, it, just being in Wicked for three weeks, um, performing in it for three weeks before the shutdown, um, I, I was some people's first alphabet, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. Well, of, cor of course, of course I would be, because they're, you know, they're a younger generation, yeah. and people coming from, that, you know, from somewhere else in the States or from, from out of the States that have never seen Wicked, have never seen it live, and I had people saying, this is my first Broadway show, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. What a, what a fucking gift, what an honor. Yeah. Like, truly, 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 and excuse me for cursing, but it's true. It's, I was like, yeah. wow, I never, I never thought that I'd be someone's first anything. And again, peering through those wings and seeing that little someone or seeing that person see the show for the first time or for the 50th time and just like, it's like, oh, this is why we do this. This is yeah. exactly why we do this. So, yeah. Wicked is one of those shows where if you're someone's first, I feel like it's just like... You're very connected to yes, it. Someone, yeah. they'll remember that show mm -hmm. forever, no matter who yeah. they are. Yeah. So. Yeah, the tour, the tour Alpha Batalia Siskauer, she... Um, she was asking... We were, we were messaging on Instagram the other day, and, and she... I said something about, we were talking about Wicked, and I don't remember uh, uh, what context, but she was like, um, she was like, who was your first, who did you see in San Francisco? And I was like, it was Teal Wicks and Kendra Casabon, and she was like, oh my God. And I was like, who was yours? And she said, Shoshana. And I was like, wow. Oh. Yeah, because she saw, she saw it in New York years and years, yeah. and years ago. When she was like 12 or 13, she saw it in New York, and I was like, oh my God. To see Shosh do, do that live back in the day, it was just like, oh my God, what an incredible thing. And, um, and to think that my name is now added to the list of the other 21, I'm the 22nd Broadway principal alphabet, which is wild. And the list of alphabets is long. The tour, the first national, the second national, the, the Japan, Korea, like all of it. I mean, it's, there's so many green girls around the world and it's very cool. It's how weed under your belt right now. That's insane. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, it's insane. That. Somebody sent me a, a video. I can't watch videos of myself back. I, I'll, I'll go to post a video of like a throwback of me singing or me singing something live in my bedroom on Instagram. And I, I won't even watch the whole thing. I'll just be like, it all has sound. Great, great, great. It's difficult for me to watch things back unless, unless I know that it went well. I, I try not to judge um, my performances and I try to leave things there in the moment because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like that choice. And then I second guess myself and, and I get in my own head about singing or acting choices. But um, someone sent me a video compilation, not of the Defying Gravity, not of all the alphabets singing together, but of, um, uh, oh my God, what was it? It was Defying Gravity with every single principal alphabet from Adina to me. And I was in that video. And it's not, it's like, I think it's like bootlegs and stuff. And, and I, I didn't watch yeah. it. It was, 
just like the audio, so it was the entire song, but everyone singing like one line. And, uh, and I didn't, I was like, oh, I don't, I was like, I don't understand why they sent this to me. And then I looked at the info on the YouTube, like at the drop down and it said the bottom was Lindsay Pierce. And I was like, that's crazy. That's bananas to me. That's bonkers. That I'm on the list, yeah. That it like starts yeah. with Adina and for now ends with me. I was like, wow, that's, that's bonkers. That's crazy. It really is bonkers. I think you posted something about how you and Talia had never met in person. Yeah. How did how did you all start talking? And when did you all start talking? Did you just like message her? No, Pretty, I think uh, I think I started following her on Instagram, or she started following me because they were on they were on tour. They I don't even remember where they were, but um, she messaged me first. I think. Oh my god. If she hears this, she's going to be like, actually, <laughs> um, I can't remember, but I, th I think, I think she reached out to me. Um, I really don't remember. I, I know that I didn't, I didn't know who she was. I know that I didn't, I didn't like know because I was so brand new. I got cast, I got the call that I was going to be stepping into the role on the 2nd of January and I got on a plane on the 26th and the, the evening of the 26th and I landed on the morning of the 27th and I started work on the 28th of January. So it was very fast. Um, my, my, my process was very fast. They knew for a while that I was going to be going in, but like to draw, they had to draw up everything. And I got the final call on the 2nd of January after the holidays. Um, so I kind of had to get my, my shit together really quick. And um, I think I followed her on Instagram she followed me and I was like, oh, it's the tour, Talia. I'll just follow her back. But I didn't message or anything. And she, I, I think what happened is she reached out to me and was just like, hey, congratulations. Because they, once, that, once one company member knows something, like everybody knows something. So my, my Glinda had, had followed me and a couple other company members had followed me. My Bach had followed me. Um, just slowly people were starting to follow me because they they found out who was what and um, and what was going on and and all she she was just like I hi I'm the tour alphabet and I just wanted to say hi and welcome and and um, if you need anything let me know I am here for you because it's a hard job it's a yeah. really hard job and and um, and a lot of people who have love for Alphaba and have love for the actors who have taken Alphaba on are always like totally. It's a really hard job, but truly, no one gets it until you do it. And um, and so it was nice to have kind of like a team of. I I know quite a few Alphabas, and so it was nice to kind of have a team of people just being like, "How are you today? <laughs> yeah, do, do you need anything?" Um, and then it was always just like sleep and you'd sleep. Um, yeah. And we've, we've never met in person. We've just become, she's become a dear friend of mine. I don't know if I've become a dear friend of hers, but she really has become such a dear friend. And I think there's something special about, um, everything kind of, you know, she's, she'd been on tour, I think for like seven months and I was just beginning and, and it, we were just we were just commiserating about like silly things like oh my god that skirt is so heavy or oh girl the broom or this or that or the other thing and and um, and then when everything you know happened we've just been just 
so close to each other and just it's there's something special about like we are the two active alphabas and so there's just this kind of like we're gonna be okay <laughs> um kind of feeling that happens and um and she's a delight she's a really good girl and she's a baby she's like 23 she's so little yes yeah and so yeah. uh it, and she's she's just very much there's a certain type of personality i think that gets cast as alphaba so there's it's just been a very very a very wonderful friend um a very wonderful friend to gain during all of this so that's been really nice you all get to discuss the role together probably that probably helps uh, so how, how did you get into, because you kind of got your start on the Glee Project. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into the Glee Project? How was auditioning for that? Auditioning for the Glee Project happened uh, in one of those right places, the right time kind of situations. I was living in Modesto in Northern California, and I... Uh, was part of a local talent show called Valley's Got Talent that was happening at the big Gallo Arts Center in downtown Modesto. And one of the judges was Robert Ulrich because he's from Modesto and he cast Glee in the Glee Project. So um, I had messaged him about college applications. I was trying to, um, I was reapplying because I, I didn't get into colleges, any colleges um, that specific semester. I didn't, I wasn't able to transfer. So I was trying, I was like going back to square one and my mom suggested, you know, why don't you reach out to Robert Ulrich on Facebook? Maybe he could say like, hey, when you're writing your essay, include this and don't include that and yada, yada. And, and then I messaged him and he said, let me call you in 15 minutes. Um, he's like, I'm happy to help you with this, but I have to ask you something. And he said, now I can't ask you to audition because that's a conflict of interest. But if you would like to audition, here's all of the information. We will see you on this day at this time. And I was like, great. And um, so I drove down to Los Angeles and stood in that blue room that everybody has stood in to audition for Glee and, and Glee Project. And, um, and that was really it. I, I went and, I mean, that wasn't really it. It was, I, I auditioned and genuinely, be, I was ill. I, I haven't done many auditions where I have been like well and truly sick um, when it happens, but I had just closed a show and I remember just being like, I am so freaking tired. And my, I remember my throat hurt to swallow and which is very, it, very strange to talk about these symptoms in a, in a post COVID world, but, um, or like, current COVID world, but I, yeah. you know, it was like laryngitis. It was something of like everything hurt to, sw it hurt to swallow and I had a headache and I was blah, 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 blah. But you know, you never tell anybody that you're sick at an audition because like you just do your best. And I remember Robert filming me and being like, are you sick? And I was like, no, no, I'm not sick. No. I was like 19. I was like, absolutely not. Like I'd be sick. Absolutely not. And, uh, and he was like, you're sick. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, it really wasn't the best audition. And I just kind of walked out um, with my tail between my legs. And then he was, I think he just gave me some grace because he had seen me previously perform and, um, and really believed in me. So I got to go to the callbacks and I did well in the callbacks. I was not sick during the callbacks. And then, um, and then I, yeah, it just kept going through rounds of callbacks. Um, and then that was it. I got a call in Jan God, January is, I guess, my lucky month, but January I got a call that I was going to be going, and then we started filming on the 11th of February in 20... 
2011. Yeah, 2011. Nine yeah. years ago. Uh, technically 10. Yeah. yeah sure. The whole That's year. Almost. Yeah, technically 10. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, I was 19 and I'm it, crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I'm, I'm 29 now. So, <laughs> yeah, bonkers. Did you ever expect to get as far as you did on Sleep no. Project? No. Um, I, I think something that Glee Project really brought out in me was um, I, I had show confidence, but I did not have self-confidence. And there's a big difference between show confidence and self-confidence. I knew that I was good at what I did. I knew that I loved what I did. And I knew that I loved doing, like the actual act of being involved and doing the music videos and the dancing and everything. But I didn't think I was good enough. Um, or that I was interesting enough or that I was talented enough. Um, and maybe that's like baby of the family complex or something. I'm not really sure, but that, that definitely was a huge thing that was brought to the forefront of my attention when I, when I was filming and then in the aftermath of filming. So no, I didn't. I genuinely, there were quite a few weeks where I was like, oh, I'm going to be in the bottom. And then I wouldn't be in the bottom. And I was like, huh. And then there were weeks where I wasn't expecting to be in the bottom and I would be in the bottom. And I was like, huh, do I know anything? <laughs> and the answer was no. The answer was no, I don't know anything. Um, and it truly, I was like, oh, I don't fucking know a thing. Great. Um, I'm just going to have a good time, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I was not expecting to get as far as I did, and I was also not expecting to be given any episodes at all. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty wild ride. And how was the experience being on the show? Did you watch it previously, or Glee? was it? Yeah, uh, it I, I I I had and I had not. So Glee had been out um, for the. I had not seen the whole of season one, but my friend Danielle. Um, called me and was like, come over, because Lady Gaga had gotten really big at the time. This was in, like, 2009, 2010, like, end of 2009, early 2010, and she called me over to watch the Lady Gaga episode in season two. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this. I was like, oh, this is fabulous. So I um, illegally downloaded... Um, all of season one, and I watched it on my rinky-dink computer and loved it. I, I really enjoyed season one of that show. And then um, got through season, like I, I caught up to season two and then watched it in real time. So, or watched, watched some of it in real time um, because then we were watching it while we were filming like we would watch like the rest of the season while yeah. we were we would watch the seasons of glee while we were filming or this the episodes um which was kind of like a fun treat they were like hey it's glee night do you want to come watch tv do you want to come watch the episodes and that was an interesting thing while filming glee project was to be like oh we could be doing that um and then sometimes we'd get to watch our own music videos like they do like a rough edit to like let us to show us what um, what we had done and that was a really cool thing to have been able to see Glee and then see like a rough edit of our music videos because you're like oh my god it looks the same it looks like that that product like we really are like it really is Glee boot camp 
Um, yeah. That was really interesting. It was very interesting. And you're like, I could, I could be on it. Yeah, there was definitely, like yeah, there was definitely like a thought, like a dreaminess of like, oh, that could be me. Maybe that could be me. Um, but deep down, I, you know, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. So I think uh, young me uh, was like, that could be me, but it won't be. <laughs> so, uh, and I think, I think I still have drops of that. I think, I think some of that keeps me humble and I think some of that gets in my way. Yeah. Everyone's your own worst enemy. How do you yeah. work on that and like building your self-confidence? I, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of that self-confidence work happens uh, outside of the theater and, or happens outside of um, my professional life um, because I, I spent quite a few years looking for it in my professional life and it couldn't give it to me. My professional life could not give me that confidence. Um, I had to give it to myself. And I know that that's very cliche, but it's true. Um, I also live a life of recovery and I live, I live... I, in the last, you know, two and a half plus years, I have walked a very specific path of self-reflection and, um, so I hate the, I hate the phrase self-love, but it, it has been, um, self-healing, I think. And, uh, man, just getting, getting over one's ego. I mean, and then that's, that's not something that you ever, like many things in our lives, it's not something that you ever just like arrive at. That's constant work that you are um, looking within yourself and finding what is triggering you, finding, finding the thing that you're actually upset about, finding the thing that actually makes you insecure that you may, may or not be projecting elsewhere. And, um, and I, think, I think the other thing that gives me confidence is, is having you know, choosing to surround myself with people who are going to be good to me. Um, and that's hard to do when you're not being good to yourself. So once I started being very good to myself and very kind to myself, um, and also zero bullshit with myself, I used to be quite a bullshitter. And I think a lot of young people are, um, and I am quite the opposite of that now. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I think, I think once you start surrounding yourself with people that you are inspired by and people that you want to be like and people that um that push you to be better i think that's um that's a really good way to just kind of get the ball rolling in forms of um, positive self-talk and and confidence reminders that's a work in progress for everyone by yes the finding the confidence yeah and that and that changes as you age as well yeah yeah, my late my late twenties have been like, oh, that's not important anymore. This is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you've done a ton of LA theater since we met. Yes, project. that's how we met. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, how did you get involved with LA theater? Um, you know, I I'm very privileged to say that LA theater kind of got involved with me. Um, I. I had just got done doing Glee Project and was doing a lot of press and a lot of, you know, events and stuff. And um, I got a call. It started with uh, the Lithgow family pantos. I got a call, um, or my, my reps got a call, um, that someone wanted to put me in the show because Glee Project happened to be on in Australia and the director of the Snow White show that I 
was to be in um, saw me on Glee project like saw me and went God that looks like Snow White and then saw the credits roll and one of the producers was an old friend of hers so she called and said hey can we get this girl on the show and because um, she can sing and she can dance and yada 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 he was like oh she would be so down and so that that happened and I rehearsed for that um, while I was filming Glee <laughs> and um, and then after that it was you know it was like a friend a friend called me that had auditioned for Glee Project with me that I'd met in Glee Project auditions and said, hey, I'm doing last five years in Texas. Um, will you come? You'd be amazing. Would you? Is that something? He's like, you're our first choice. Would you want to come and do that? And then I got the audition for um, Spring Awakening in L.A. And, uh, and that was like through that was an agent audition. And I went and I stood in a room with Matt Magnuson and Zach Segoria and Janelle Parrish and um, Katie Stevens, Molly McCook, everybody, everybody that we know. And we all auditioned, Hope Lauren and Payson Lewis. Um, pretty wild. It's pretty wild, like the, the, hub, the hub that that show became for quite a lot of people. Bear was, Bear was similar. Um, and that was, we did Spring Awakening and Spring Awakening, I auditioned my butt off for that show and um, prepared my butt off for that show. and. Uh, to get just to just to get the part from the audition and then and then after that it was you know I was also doing pilot season auditions and I was also doing um, I mean all kinds of other things and after after spring after spring awakening I'd taken a break because I'd had a slight vocal injury not nothing too serious but it was I went very hoarse for like three weeks and so after that I just I think it scared me out of singing and then the next year um, I hadn't done theater and I was aching for it. I hadn't done theater in months and like I'm talking like almost a full year and I got a call from uh, or I got an email from Topher, Topher Reese, Topher Reese Lawrence and they were casting Bear and would I be interested in coming in to audition and I was like I haven't sung in so long because I this injury had scared the living shit out of me and um or this like setback um and it just I think I, I think I needed to step away from everything for a while and and uh yeah I got a I got an email and I was like oh okay and I remember downloading Bear and uh listening to it in my car everywhere I went and I could not stop crying listening to the music and the story and then and I thought I was going in for Nadia um, and then I got there and they were like no 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 you're reading for uh, Ivy and I was like great I haven't prepared any of that <laughs> so I yeah and and I, I just I just didn't I didn't know I, I, I wasn't totally prepared um, at least that's, this is how I remember it um, and and so thank God, thank God I'd been listening to the show because I knew the Ivy material. And then, um, and that was it. It was, you know, Bear was another kind of lightning in a bottle special time. And through Bear, Payson, Payson was doing work with For the Record and he, they, Ruby Lewis had left to do uh, the We Will Rock You tour and they needed a daisy. And he said, I know a girl who can belt really, really high. Um, and that was my first Rockwell show was Baz. And I was rehearsing for Baz while we were performing Bear. And then um, 
yeah and then it was like i just never left the rockwell and then and then i moved to dba with for the record with tarantino and um and then just kept i kept auditioning and going in and out of shows and because i had been at dba and at for the at at rockwell performing in different shows um i had caught the eye of burt royal and karen DiConcetto, who wrote recovery road and so when i went in for recovery road they were like oh my god hi we know you and um yeah and so that was it was i mean it there were so many ins and outs and all abouts and in betweens you know all over of you know day jobs and other other little projects and singing and recording and all kinds of stuff um but yeah that was that was how i got into the rockwell and then the rockwell and then i went would go back to the panto and then i would do the jag little pill show and then i would go back and do tarantino and then i would go back to the rockwell and then i would do all these things and um and that was a really that was a really fun time and um which is what made the wicked audition so interesting because i i truly had been i i thought that if i was to begin to audition for broadway that i would have to move to new york and um i came back from my ship job that i that i had done for about a year and had started with my new agent and then a mo- about a month in while i was rehearsing for that cherry poppins uh nightlesque show the nightmare before christmas burlesque show i got an email in my inbox that said wicked audition alphaba and i was like holy shit it's happening um and i'd never auditioned for broadway yeah i'd never auditioned for broadway before so i was like don't fuck it up just don't fuck it up that's all you have to do all you have to do is not make a fool out of yourself all you have to do is be great and so I, I went put pressure on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So all I all I did was I I coached with Kathy Deach who you might know from Titanic and uh she's an original Wicked cast member and um yeah I I coached with her to just make sure that I knew what the hell I was doing and that I wasn't going to bust a a vocal cord singing that material because it's a lot of material to sing in one audition and um and that was really that I went in and and went in again and then I went in one more time and didn't hear anything and got the call on the 2nd of January. I auditioned in November. And uh yeah, that was it. It really I mean when you it, when you look at it it's like 10 years of 10 years for that audition. And it's yeah. People don't realize how much led up to that. Uh, so like. much. But- lots of lots of climbing uphill. <laughs> Lots of lots of really amazing experiences, lots of really heartbreaking experiences, lots of really eye-opening and um heart-opening experiences, and I wouldn't change any of it. Plus you've never given up. Oh. No, and I I don't think I I don't think I would have even if if Broadway never came through my door, but I I had I had spoken that out out into out into the world into the ether when I was 17 and um and I, it was i mean i cried when i coached for wicked because it i just had always wanted to be in the room it wasn't like i i could have been cast as like tree number 7 and i would have been like i'm so lucky to be tree number 7 <laughs> i would be i would be lucky to play any role in, in any broadway production of of wicked ever um or any production of wicked i would i would be happy to do do the wicked the the wicked junior production at Rockwell on a Sunday morning you know like i would i would be so happy to do God. it um yeah that that's my that's going to be my directorial debut um i i um 
yeah, so it was to just to just be grateful to be it, I mean to quote Hamilton to be in the room where it happens and to be to just walk in and be like I'm just so happy to be here and I hope I do a good job um did not think they were actually looking for anybody so I I really didn't put pressure on myself I just wanted to do good I just wanted to do I wanted to make a good audition and I did um and it felt good and I and it and um yeah it was a really there was a really special energy in that room and there was a really special energy when I auditioned and it wasn't like a I walked out and went wow I booked it I walked out and went they're not going to forget me like I walked out and was like I'm going to be able to audition for something else and they'll be like oh it's that Lindsay girl and that's all I wanted I just wanted to be to be able to begin to audition for Broadway and um they were like jokes on you <laughs> put the green on right now and I was like holy shit um okay okay I will and I don't and I, I'm not gonna lie to you I don't think I was completely ready um I mentally and emotionally I was so ready um and I was like I, I'm not gonna downplay myself and be like I was so unprepared to step into this part I was so ready by the time I debuted um I was so I was so ready to debut and um but there was certainly a moment of like wait a second a lot of other people that work on Broadway have already had quite a few shows under their belt before 29, 28, 29, however old I was when I started this. And I was like, and this is my first thing. This is a big, this is hard. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, and and I, I really do believe that when when we go back and I, I finish my contract, I'll be like, oh, I can do anything. I could do, if I could do Alphaba, if I could get through Alphaba, I could do anything. Uh, easy no problem and offers are going to come to you really fast oh bless you <laughs> i mean i would you know if, if if i can get an audition after doing this i would be very happy yeah I mean, if auditions if auditions are still a thing that exists after all of this crazy shit i'll be like yes let just let me in the room i'll be the reader be the reader <laughs> i'll be the reader <laughs> it, it, it'll happen really the time. <laughs> uh were you like talking to uh to Emma during auditions for Wicked? Or did you talk to, what did she know about it? Because y'all are super cool. Um, yeah, she knew. She knew that I was going in for Wicked. Um, I'm, I texted her when I got the email. I was like, LOL, going in for Wicked. She was like, oh my God, you're gonna be so good. Um, but my audition was the day uh, after a, a really big life event for her. So we were, we happened to all be in the same room Everybody was with each other, like the whole gr the whole group of people from that Rockwell LA theater community. We were all uh, under one roof together, talking and connecting with each other. And um, and I had to leave. I had to leave this event early because I was like, I go, I go, I go, go to sleep because I was rehearsing all day and then going to my audition. So I was like, I need to be able to sleep so that I don't sound like a rooster when I go into this audition. So, um, yeah, she knew and she was very aware. And, um, yeah, when I did the final callback, uh, she, or the, the callback, I went on out on a Monday, got a call, like walked out the door and they said, wait, 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 can you come back on Wednesday? And I was like, oh, yes. And then, um, if you want me to, and then, um, I didn't hear anything, and then after Thanksgiving weekend, 
they were like, Hey, can you come, can you come back in? Because something happened to the tape and to like, to the video and the audio sync, like something had happened. So they had to, um, they had to call me back in. And what they weren't telling me was, uh, and every, basically everybody was trying to keep me from freaking out that essentially I, I had the role that I had had the role for since that Wednesday callback. Um, this is what's been told to me is that I'd had the role but because they needed to send, they needed to decide if I was going to go to New York or if I was going to go, if I was going to replace Talia when she finished her contract on tour. So uh, they didn't know where they were going to put me. Um, and they were like, well, we need, we need the video because we have to send it to Joe Mantello and Steven Schwartz for like an okay. And, um, and they were like, okay, we're just gonna have to have her retape it. But I was doing uh, a gig that whole week during all the times that they could see me. So I said, I can come in at like 9.30 in the morning. And they did, they hired people, but I didn't know, I thought it was just like a callback that everybody was gonna eventually be at, at the Telsey offices on Wilshire in Los Angeles. And, um, and they were like, um, you know, they were like, don't worry, we've, we know we've hired an accompanist for the day, like we have this, that and the other. So I was like, oh, this is for a bunch of people. And it was just for me at 930 in the morning so that I could go get to my other job. But I didn't know. I had no idea. And I walked out going, oh, that was not good. Like my brain, I walked out being like, it was 930. Are you kidding me? Nobody sounds good at 930 in the morning. Not one soul. Maybe Jessica Vosk. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jackie Burns. Absolutely. Absolutely no one else does. But apparently, apparently Psychotic Lindsay sounded okay. Because I sang all of that material probably three times over. It was very hard to do. And then I, I left and, and got, went through all of December and all the things that we do at the Rockwell and all the things that we do in our lives and had booked a film and was waiting to hear the final yes on the film. So that's what I thought that my call was on the 2nd of January. I thought that I was going to get a final yes for the film. And my agent said, question for you, how do you feel about moving to New York to play Elphaba and Wicked on Broadway? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> huh? And then, um, and then towards the end of the phone call, after we'd like talked about everything, I was like, did I book the movie? And she was like, oh yeah, yeah. You booked the movie, which I couldn't do <laughs> because because of Wicked. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty wild that was a wild ride. And Emma Emma was the second person I called. I called Stephen first, and then I called Emma. Um, and she had she had been sleeping, so I woken her up, and she was like, "Hi." And I was like, hi, are you sleeping? She's like, yeah, I was taking a nap. Are you okay? Because we don't really call each other. We don't, we, we'll FaceTime. Like if, we'll FaceTime if we want to like talk. But when we call, it's usually like, hey, uh, I, I'm having a bad day. Can you talk to me? And she was like, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're laying down? She's like, yeah. And I went, I, I booked Wicked. And she was like, New Yorker tour. And I was like, New York. She went, shut the fuck up. And I was like, yeah. And she was, oh. Lindsay, you're going to be on Broadway. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. And I was like, I know. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, she just went, shut the fuck up. And I was like, I, I can't. It's happening. And she was like, shut the fuck up. And it was just the best. And she then she cried. And then she came to my opening night and cried some more. <laughs> Speaking of opening night, how was, what was your official Broadway debut like? February 25th 
was wild. Um, I actually have, let me see if I can pull up this photo. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. But um, Allie Miller and Emma Hutton were both in town specifically to see me open. And my opening day, my, both my birth mom and my mom were also in town. And uh, Natalie Messini was staying in my apartment um, because she was doing Starry at 54 Below. So I had a lot of people around me which I thought was gonna stress me out, um, but it actually made me, it didn't calm me down. Like I definitely, like everybody did a really good job at not crowding me because they knew that I need, like it was a lot. Um, but I think if I had been alone, I think that I would have let my brain spiral a little bit. So this was taken at 3.23 p.m. February 25th. And this is Emma Hunton and Allie Miller and me naked in a bathtub in my apartment in New York. I was taking a pre-show, like, calm down bath because I was going to dry off and, like, go to the theater at, like, 5. Um, because our shows started at uh, 7, so not at 8. So, um, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was wild. I mean, I'm looking at these pictures now and it's, like, taking my pin curls down, you know, with oh my my, all around my, all around my hairline and just wild. My mom took a picture of my hands. My mom took this picture of my hands, which I'm probably never going to find now that I'm talking to you, of course. But she took this picture of my hand on top of her hand. And it's just a big green claw. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to send it to you some other time, yes. but it, it was pretty wild. It was, it was wild because there were so many people in town and, you know, Mia and, and Dee and Taya Pat and, um, Vanja and just like a bunch of people were there and, and it was really special and, um, and I did well and it, and it, it takes a lot for me to say that I did well, but I did really well, um, and wanted to continue to do well. So it was, I felt very prepared. I felt very ready. I felt determined. I felt, I felt very, they had just taken care of me. They'd really prepared me for it. And um, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. <laughs> it's very tiring. That's, it's not, vocally it's not an easy show. Emotionally it's not an easy show. And a lot of, a lot of people are like, well, you know, you don't really dance a lot. You know, you dance badly. And then you don't really like, you know, you don't really dance around a lot. And it's like, no, I don't. But I do sprint everywhere. And the stage is raked this way. So you're on a hill the whole time, which is not easy on the body. And then you run around for the entire second act in a 17-pound dress. And it's very difficult. It's not easy. Um, it's not a dance show, no. But it's, it's hard to, you never leave stage. So it's just to kind of begin to get used to like the physical toll that that takes on you and the fact that physical toll eventually becomes an emotional and a mental toll was pretty intense and i just remember getting done and coming backstage and like beginning to take the green off and i was like holy shit i have to do that again tomorrow <laughs> i cannot believe i have to do that again tomorrow and i felt that same way that tuesday and then that wednesday and the thursday and i was like i cannot believe i have to do that again tomorrow um so it's because it's a full-time job. It's not just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm having fun. Like I get paid to have fun. No, that's it. It is. Is it fun sometimes? Of course. Do I love my job? Yes. 
Is it a job? Yes, it is a full-time job and it's very hard. <laughs> and some people have been there for years and years and years and they're like, oh, this isn't easy. This is a hard job. <laughs> I'm here every day. <laughs> and it's, workout too. Yeah, it's a workout. Yeah, you have to keep, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but it's, um, it's a privilege. And I think I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask it anyways. What's the quickest quick change in the show? Quickest quick change is Emerald City. The quickest quick change is come with me to the Emerald City. And then uh, Emerald City. The one short day in the Emerald City. I've always wanted to see the Emerald City. One short day in the Emerald City. Run. We have gotten off stage. One short day in the Emerald City. One short day full of so much to do. Every way that you look in the city, there's something exquisite you'll want to visit before the day's already walking on. Yeah. We literally just step out of one dress and then get into the Defying Gravity dress and the hat and everything, and we just, we walk on. That's crazy. Insanity. It's so fast. It's so, it's like, it's like 30 seconds. Objective. It's really, it's, I don't even think it's 30 seconds. It's really fast because you have to run all the way up the stage and then all the way off the stage and then just let everybody rip things off of you and put things on and then you just walk back on the stage. Um, and it's, and it's like a dance. There's very specific things of like, you step here and you do this and then you do nothing. And then you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then you walk on and you're just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but it's fast. If you're like a cardio junkie, then you're like, oh yes, this, this, this major. Yeah. And how long does it take to get greenified? And what is the process like? To get greenified takes about... It starts at half hour for act one. It starts at half hour. Um, and I am finished with the full greenifying. So like the bib, we call it the bib. It will go, goes from here all the way around like a bib around your back. Um, that starts pretty much right at half hour. And then um, you, I, like we start getting green um, like my pre-show is to get there, warm up, do whatever I want to do before the show. And then right before half hour, I'm getting into my tights and my, my underwear and my, my green jumpsuit or my, my bodysuit and everything. And, um, my shoes sometimes if I feel like being in my shoes. Um, and then I sit and sit there for 30 minutes and continue to get warm, talk to people. And then by, um, Glinda, oh, uh, Glinda, how does wickedness happen? Um, when she talks about she had a father, she had a mother, as so many do, that's around the time where I'm getting my hands finished and I'm in my costume. I put my costume on, um, usually by like a froggy ferny cabbage, the baby is a naturally green is when I, they have closed the door. And I have like a second to myself and then I walk backstage to go run on. It's not, it's long. It's yeah. not through the entirety of intermission and then through most of thank goodness to get the contour, the second act, uh, alphabet on. And then it, uh, we're the first ones in and the last one's out. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I really like getting green. Um, I find it really relaxing. I, uh, I also just love Craig. 
I love Craig is a very calming energy and he's he's just he just knows he's he's right in your face he's in every alphabet's face and he just he knows he understands more than anybody how what it takes to play the part and um he just gets it you know and and you know hair people I mean not really Mary Kay has been there for a very long time but like some hair people and some you know costume people will come and go but like Craig Craig has been there for years and years and years and um I don't think I don't think that I'd be able to get through a sh a show without Craig and Mary Kay and Alyssa I mean I'll say I've said it before and I'll say it again Alphabet does not happen without her troupe um it, I, I truly just sit there and let them work their magic. And then I go on stage and I'm like, look at what they've done. I'm just supposed to, I just have to sing. I mean, and, and it's not that easy. Like, I'm not going to downplay it, but it, it really is like, I wouldn't fucking get on that stage if it wasn't them putting the pin curls in my head and the green on and calming me down or hyping me up or just asking me how I'm doing um, and taking care of me. Uh, they're amazing. Very, very lucky. Um, Elfa is a role world that's been around for since early 2000s, 2003, 2004. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so how do you make the role your own? Um, I, th you know, I could come up with a really long answer and, and there are long answers to this, but um, simply because I am the only Lindsay Pierce, it will be my own. And that's not like, I'm Lindsay Pierce, so it's my own. It, it really is you, they know the part so well. And there is, there is a bit of kind of like stepping into like the cardboard cutout of Elphaba, but they don't want, you know, if I walked in and I did everything the way Adina Menzel did it, they'd be like, no, that's not why we cast you. We just call Adina if we wanted Adina to come back into the show, <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's my own because I, I say the lines the way that I would say them or the way that I interpret alphabet. Um, and that's, that's kind of a great joy is that maybe, maybe someone will be like, someday be like, I don't want you to do what Lindsay Pierce did. I want you to do what you do. And I, and, or I don't want you to do what Shoshana Bean did. I want you to do what you do. I don't, I don't want you to do Julia Murney. I want you to do you. And that's the beauty. That's why alphabet it's, you could, I, I wish that everybody could see that Defying Gravity video. I wish everybody has seen it, everybody in the world, because how different was every single singer? Yeah. How different was every single interpretation? And that's the beauty, is that we were all singing the same exact song and not one person was similar. And it, it's just, that's beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. And, um, and it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to do a role that everybody loves so much and some people you know it's like you could be the best most juicy peach in the world and people are like i hate peaches i'm like that's fine go eat an apricot that's fine i'm a peach <laughs> i feel like part of what keeps everyone who's a repeat attendee of wicked because there's a lot coming back is mm -hmm. the fact that everyone is so good at singing it yeah. differently and yeah pulling out different surprises totally yeah which is Wonderful, makes it always entertaining. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Elfa song to sing? Um, I really love No Good Deed because it's very dramatic, and um, I love, I love kind of, I loved uh, not so much drama, but I really love, I love 
that part of the show for Elphaba. I love, I love the madness, and I love, I love the power behind the song, and her putting together her entire timeline and realizing, like, was I really seeking good or just seeking attention? And, and um, just kind of ripping away her ideas of, I thought I was a good person, and I guess I'm not. And, uh, and I think that there's something really... Uh, there, it's like a phoenix moment for her, and um, and I I love that for her. I I love her ascension into the the true wicked witch of the West, because we all we love Margaret Hamilton, and uh, and it's just really it's really fun, and it's really fun to to incorporate some of those Wizard of Oz traits of our original Wicked Witch of the West of that like if that's all the dudes are like things like that. It's very I'll get you, my pretty, and it's there's it's very exciting to become this, you know, this icon. kind of icon, um, this iconic character. And it's just fun. It's a very fun song to sing. Everybody's on the edge of their seats. And it just feels like a crazy ride. And I think I think that would be one of my favorite Alphabet songs, yeah. What was your first time flying like? Um, kind of freaky. Um, I'm a little, I'm pretty scared of heights. And the the cherry picker that you go up in when you go up for the first time you're not going up with like the lights and the orchestra you go up with your street clothes on and your rehearsal shoes on and the ha the house lights uh, the, all the lights on and uh, and it's just a house full of empty blue seats of the Gershwin and you're very high you're very high in the air and um, because you can see everything you're very aware of how how high up you are. And so it was like, it was kind of freaky. And then, you know, when you're saying, and nobody in all of Oz, you go up higher. So it was oh, kind really? of like, oh, shit, shit, shit. And then, and then they did it again a couple times. And then you're just like, oh, whatever. And also when you're, when you're in the moment, you really don't feel it anymore. Um, and when you're up there, you can't see a goddamn thing. Um, yeah. In the show, I can't see a thing except for the light on my conductor and my cast at the very bottom and like maybe a couple people in the front row can't see it can't see a thing so i'm just like i don't know i think i'm in the air <laughs> maybe 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 I feel we're high. yeah i feel high I'm, yeah 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 um what's what's the main difference between la theater audiences and broadway audiences that you've noticed so far um i would say I would say, well, one, the Gershwin is huge. The Gershwin is almost 1,200 people or something insane, or it's like almost 2,000 people, some, some crazy, crazy number. It's the biggest Broadway house um, in Manhattan on, on Broadway. Um, so that's definitely different. Um, I, I don't know, I think, I, spend, I didn't spend a lot of time in LA playing big houses. So um, I went from a very intimate, kind of theater theater community to um, the NFL of theater. And excuse me, that's just, I had a bunch of green apples before this interview. Um, I, I think, I think just the sheer might of it all is very different. I think the sheer production value and the magic that the audience witnesses, there's, it's just different. There's a different energy and, um, I think, I think LA audiences are really rowdy, but I think that's also the I think that's also the the theater, the theaters that in the spaces that I was performing in, you know, where I'm I'm used to people having their phones out and, you know, playing breaking the fourth wall all the time. Whereas this is like this is theater. This is real 
proscenium stage. Fourth wall is is made of brick and not br getting broken. Um, yeah, a lot of that's that's definitely different, and um, and it's kind of, it's nice to have that relationship to know that the audience is with you even though you are not directly acting to them um, is is nice. It's very it's it's I don't know. We're it's just like being on a TV screen. It's very interesting. If you could give your younger self advice, what would it be? If I could give my younger self advice, what would it be? Um, oh man, probably, I mean, just one bit of advice. Um, I think, I think I would just, maybe not even advice. I think it would just reassurance of, um, not everything is meant for you and that's going to be okay. Um, don't take yourself so seriously. Not everything is meant for you, but what is meant for you is going to be amazing. So just, just breathe. Yeah. And, and just please be nice to yourself. I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I wish I could tell my younger self to be kinder to myself, but I wouldn't be the person I am today without all those experiences. So, yeah. What do you think life theater will be like when it is able to safely come back? I'm, I'm honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, I think, I would like to know. Let me, let me ask someone else. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, let me call somebody and ask. Um, I have no idea. I, I really, I wish, I wish I knew. I, I have no idea. I have no clue. I think, I think it's going to, I think there's going to be a lot less one-on-one um, -on -one contact with audience members and performers, but I don't know. As long as it comes back. <laughs> and with this whole virtual world of living in, you've been doing, you mentioned you've been coaching and stuff. How do you like that experience? I love it. I love teaching. Um, I love to coach. I love to, I love to give people space to be heard. I love to be able to encourage. Um, I love giving people words of affirmation and, and, and you know, when there's nothing more rewarding than someone coming, you know, with a song or a scene and feeling stuck and just, it's kind of like proofreading a paper. You just get to watch it and experience it and say, loved that suggestion in this section. Why don't you try it this way? Or what are you thinking about here? Or why don't you see this person when you're singing? Or um, if you're feeling worried about this note, why don't you open it up this way? And then to see it be performed for you again and for the shift to happen and for them to be like, and, and saying things like, how'd that feel? And, and, they, and they say, it felt good. And I'm like, I love that. How do we make it feel better? How do we do that? And that's amazing. Because it's, I think as artists, it's difficult to see progress, but to be able to witness progress is really amazing. And that's the difference is, is like constantly doing things like progressing constantly. You know, I could practice for hours and hours and hours and hours and be like, nothing's happening. But if someone else was to watch me practice for hours and hours and hours and be like, if you could hear a different that was from that, oh my God. Um, it'd be really nice. <laughs> so it's nice to be that for someone else. And you could be coaching like the next person who's going to be in your shoes. In could, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. You could 
just yeah. like the future alpha, future person who's going to get on musical yeah. series of the television show. Yeah, I had coaches, so, you know, maybe I could be that for somebody else. And I, I know how important teachers were for me, so, yeah. Lastly, besides coaching, have you been working on anything else in quarantine that you want to promote? Um, nothing that's going to be out anytime soon. I'm working on some duets with friends and I'm just kind of doing things for me. Um, I've been, I've been encouraged to start a YouTube channel, but I don't think I'm actually going to do it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I have the, the constitution. <laughs> I don't think I have the patience or the, the will. Um, but I've been asked to, and I have no clue what I would do on a YouTube channel, but maybe we'll see. If I get really bored and I'm like, okay, I've, I truly have nothing else to do, I will start a YouTube channel. So maybe keep an eye out for that. But um, I, have, I have a few fun, fun ideas of just like, my, my entire thing about creating any kind of content is just a little bit of, um, like what I love to see is just like, how-to videos, or this is my experience with this, or yada. I love to hear stories, and I love to hear people trying challenges, or trying, you know, I tried to dance for 30 days, and I am not good at it. You know, things like that. I really, I really enjoy getting a sneak peek in onto other people's experiences and stories, and I, I love feeling connected. So, if I can find some way to do that without looking like an absolute just whole pudding. I will, I will see if I can. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, when you make a YouTube channel, I <laughs> went, got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where can people follow you on social media to keep up with what you're doing right now? Um, well, I, d I have a YouTube channel. It's just Lindsay Heather Pierce. And then my Instagram is also Lindsay Heather Pierce. And I think my Twitter is Ms. Lindsay Pierce, but I'm, I don't think I'm ever on Twitter. <laughs> I hate Twitter. Um, I can't. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm pretty much always on Instagram. I enjoy I enjoy the Instagrams. I love pictures. I'm just gassed on. Just like look at all these pictures. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's where you can find me. Well, now we have like all these added things on Instagram too. I know. I was like, oh, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna know how to do a reel. Yeah, I'm I like. I'm not on TikTok. I couldn't tell you anything about TikTok. I'm not on it. I'm not in it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I get it, but I don't, I get it. I love it, but I don't get it. I'm like, I love to see it. I'm not going to be a part of it. <laughs> I avoided TikTok and then Reels came along and I was like, yeah, yes, I didn't avoid it. Yeah. Maybe because it's all in one place. Maybe I'll give it a go, but yeah. It's yeah. Like, here you go. Yeah. But anyway. This has been fun. So good to see you. Thank you for having me, my dear. Of course. Sorry the sound got a little... Oh, it's fine. We're in I'm quarantine. Gonna... Yeah. But I appreciate you coming on. And I'll let you know when this is up. It should yes. be by Sunday-ish. Yeah. It's if... so good to see you. Thank okay. you for Thank you for doing this. And thank you for always just being just a wonderful supporter of this whole big group of people that we know. And it's... One, I miss seeing you with your, like, taking all the good videos and being there and supporting and your hugs after shows. So I hope I can see you again sometime soon. I know. I miss seeing you all, too. And it's a pleasure supporting all of you yeah. talented people.
Sending I, you all my love. I hope. Give your dog a kiss for me. I will. I'll okay. give her. Even though yeah. she's obnoxious sometimes. Yeah. She'll work you out, but I'll yeah. give her. Okay. Good I'll to see you. Bye. Bye, love. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!